Hi, everybody. Guess what? We back in this bitch. <laughs> that was probably really loud. <laughs> I, I peaked my microphone a little bit, but yeah, we're back. Well, welcome back to the podcast. We, we're finally here after like two months. Last time you heard us was on Christmas and it's like March something now by the time you're listening to this. Yeah, March something specifically. Oh, I can't find the calendar. Uh, March 5th. Yeah, March 5th. Sure. So yeah, we are back. Welcome back to the Damn Your Tall podcast. We took a little bit of time. We had a lot of shit to do. We are adults and we have lives and we do this ourselves. So we do this ourselves, man. I do all the work. It's all on me, all the weight in this entire relationship. I do everything, absolutely everything. I cook and I clean and I work and I walk the dog. And man, I just do everything in this relationship, especially, especially the cooking. If you can't hear the tone in his voice, that's definitely sarcasm because I basically, if I didn't cook, he would die. That's not entirely true. If you didn't cook, I would um, eventually die. Bitch, please. If I didn't cook, you'd be dead. If you didn't see me eating, you'd be dead. Like, oh, you have food? Yeah. That's basically our conversation. Like, oh, I guess I haven't eaten today. It is true. I do forget to eat. So, yes, we are back for season three three of these things Mm -hmm. we started this during the pandemic and you know it's a good outlet for us but we have also gotten busy (laughs) because things are slowly back to opening up because rona is just slowly fading in the background slowly and you also had a whole bunch of trips to make at the beginning of the year that kind of was one of those things would be like oh we could record this weekend and then we go well i'm going somewhere else I'm going, you know, I'm going to New York. It's like, well, uh, you're not going to want to record on Sunday when you get back after the trip. So, yeah, that. Yeah. So uh, just uh, some stuff um, in January. No, beginning of February, I went to New York for a meet, had some fun. That's only the second time I've been there through in the armory. It was pretty cool. Um, New York is always fun. I had a hotel room to myself. I thought like. When they said, oh, you know, we're going to have double rooms. I was like, but Rona. And um, I was waiting for my roommate. And it was like 9, 10 o'clock. I was like, if they're not here by now, they're not coming. And it comes to find out we all had rooms to ourselves. So I was like, oh, well, okay then. Well, I mean, that way you can all share your um, germs. Yeah. Yeah, that's it. But yes, we had a nice, the hotel room was nice, except for the view. But it's New York. And I had like a view of a inside of a wall. It was literally, I showed you the picture, right? Mm-hmm. It was literally just like a nice brick wall sealed in window. Very nice brick wall. Yeah. So I did that. Flew back. Um, then we had nationals. I actually didn't foul out this time, so that was nice. Um, not where I wanted to place, but you know, it is what it is. I, I've been proving. I'm, uh, it's the best finish I've had indoors in like since I started doing rotational so yeah bright sides coach is happy i'm happy mm-hmm. um what else i did have stuff written down but everything is very well you wanted to start out with your incredibly unfair title oh yeah the reason why it's titled this we're not divorced <laughs> um we had a meet um but before i get into the story let me do my housekeeping first um we did have nationals or our conference, not nationals uh, for the college I coach at. And um, 
we actually performed pretty well for a team that has like maybe 25 kids total, like for men's and women's. We were supposed to place basically last in both. I think the men got seventh and there's like 10 of the teams, which is good. And the women got fourth. And that's like the highest placing finish they've had in like since 2013. And then for the men's like 2018. So yeah, it was pretty good. And I had someone make the podiums for the first time. I had one of my freshmen make it in the weight and he wasn't even supposed to be in the finals. (laughs) Everybody PR'd in the weight and made finals. So that was pretty good. And I was like, good for me. Pat on the back. I I didn't really do much. I just told him what to do and they had to do it. So it's all on them. But uh, yeah. And even in the shot put, we scored some points for men's and women. And I only have one woman (laughs) and two men. So we have a very tiny, tiny throwing, throwing team. So yes, I am proud that uh, actually good performances, and now we're starting on outdoor. But the reason why the title is named this, we had a meet in, was it February? Like right before conference or something like that. And um, I gave, Graham came to the meet. He always comes to the meets that he can, like on Saturday, not on Fridays. And I was coaching, so I was doing double duty, coaching and throwing. So, um. I gave him my ring to hold on to. And I have this like little loop thing. Um, and it's my metal ring. Cause I bring, I wore my metal ring to like, you know, to the meat. And then I switch it out for my rubber one. And I gave it to him, the metal one to hold on to. And he usually hooks it on his keys or something that he won't lose. And, um, you know, I'm done with the meat and everything. And I pack up all my stuff. We get out to the car and we go to Qdoba cause hashtag not sponsored. We go there because we're hungry and we're all excited, you know, because I had uh, good meat. We did not go to Cadoba. We went to Chipotle. Oh, Chipotle. Not that either company is giving us any money. Yeah, neither one of us is giving money, so. I mean, we currently have 661 all-time views, so clearly it'd be a good use of their money. But anyway, we went to Chipotle. I'm sorry, hashtag not sponsored. And um, I was like, oh, where's my ring? Because I took off my rubber one and he looks at his pockets. I thought he was kidding. And that basically screwed up the rest of the night because we spent, we went back to the parking lot to find it. And um, basically he just put it in his jacket pocket without, it was just like a loose ring on a hook. I will say throughout the night, I would periodically check to make sure it was still there. Yeah, but he just put it in there with his keys. And when he flicked his keys out, to like you know unlock the car and everything it got lost mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> and this was very it was a very long night it was just so bad we spent about like two hours oh we searched up and down because there was a short walk from the entryway to the parking lot so we searched that we searched that up and down you had somebody turn on their light and put their and on their lights on their car and put their car lights over on the parking lot. And you searched all over there. I made a police report and the cop helped us look. Um, We just searched all over that cussed place. And finally we just, we just, we had searched everywhere we could think to look five or six times. And then finally decided to go, um, just go back to your parents' house and sleep. Not that, Either of us really slept. I didn't ask the person that did the uh, shine their lights. They were like, oh, do you need lights so you can see? 
I'm sorry, yet more proof that people are decent. Because you were positive that someone had found it and someone saw it. I told you it'd be a real low-down kind of person who would steal a wedding ring. People still steal. They could have sold it. This is like seven. Well, it's priceless now to me. So, but yeah. yeah so we went which back. I, which I was kind of surprised to hear that you thought it was that it was priceless to you. You always try to act like you're so cool and you don't care about wedding rings and stuff like that. I li- this is like part of my everyday wear now. I have to have it. It's like I'm naked without it now. I know. I'm just saying you try to act all cool. I just flip my hair up to show how cool you try to act about it like you don't care. You can't see him, but he's like waving his arms in the air as if that's my hair. That's not what my hair does. Well, I also, I don't want to hit any of the electronics, so I got to give myself some extra room here. Excuse me. All right, Link. Anyway. Excuse me, princess. Aging. We're aging ourselves. I have never played that. It's a car- It's the cartoon. It was, it's not the cartoon. Isn't it like the CDI video game or no, something No, it's like from that? the cartoon. Yeah, Whatever. We're dating ourselves. Anyway, so yes, we went back home. It was hey, very... Hey, I know about that entirely from somethingawful.com, which doesn't age me in the slightest. A flash video on somethingawful.com. I am not aged at all. I am timeless. All right, boomer. Anyway. Hey, hey, that is a personal insult. I don't have to take it. Anyway, we went back home, like Graham said, and we... I didn't get much sleep that night because I was like, someone stole it. it we're never going to find it. It's, it's, we're going to spend like another $700 to get me another ring. I was like looking up the place in Effingham where we got it from, where we got married. And I was just like, I just did not sleep that well. And I was like, all right, Graham, the sunrise is like at seven something. I was like, we'll leave at seven, go back out there, find it. I set my alarm to make sure I was up early and ready to go. Yeah. So we came we woke up, came back from my parents' house, drove down to UND again, and I was like, Graham, drop me off near uh, the like gym area, and I'll go check around in that area. So I was looking there, and he went to park where we were, and I go inside the school, and I get a phone call. He's like, where are you? I was like, in the gym. He's like, I found it. I was like, oh, my God. Because <laughs> so I thought he was calling me. He's like, I can't find it. And where did you find it, Graham? Well, here's the thing. To give a little perspective from Felicia, from my perspective, here I go. I drive, I drop Felicia off, I turn around, like, I'm going to check in the parking lot. But I'm going to make sure I park way far away from where I had parked the car the previous night to give myself the most walking around. So I park way off on the edge. I get out of the car, I start walking towards it, and there it is. Right out, plain sight, right in the middle of the driving section of the parking lot. Completely obvious. Um, If that kind person, if... We, if Felicia had, if Felicia and that kind person just moved over a aisle, they would have spied it. I'm not blaming them. We were looking in the middle of the night. It was cold as hell, but it was just like, oh, really? Quite possibly the easiest solution ever. So I'm whipping out of the parking lot. I'm honking. I'm waving. I'm shouting. Felicia's inside. So I'm calling her up, and she doesn't immediately pick up in like a half of a second. So I'm all like, oh, no, oh, no. What am I going to do? What am I going to do? What am I going to do? Oh, no. And then she's like, what? I found it. I found it. And it's very happy. Yeah, because we didn't eat that night either. That's how, like, I'm usually super hungry after meats. We basically hadn't eaten since that morning. We didn't eat for like a full 24 hours. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Because we were, I was so stressed. He was stressed. I was just like, this is terrible. Lost the ring. And I was just like, uh. and then you're like, let's go to that one restaurant where your your aunt and aunt took us. I was like, 
I'm not really hungry right now, but I probably will be. And I was. I was really hungry. You were like, Ugh. I, I still I'm, wasn't. Yeah, I'm pretty sure those people thought that we were like hungover. Just by looking at us because our bags under our eyes. You were like slumped over. Oh, I was, <laughs> I was about up. ready to face. I was about ready to just face plant into my pancakes. I was about ready to just go thump. I was, I was walk, I was swaying a little bit when I was walking. I was, yeah, I was a mess. Yeah, it was a long day, a long night. I'm glad we found it because it was rough. Because <laughs> I was stressed. Because <laughs> I was like, <sighs> well, you were, you were beyond stressed. But I, I won't go into details. You were stressed. I was so mad too. <laughs> you were mad. You were stressed. You were exhausted. There was a whole lot of stuff going on. I felt absolutely terrible. But at the same time, I was kind of like, well, we'll probably want to find it once the sunlight comes up. But you were positive. You were 900% certain that someone had stolen it. Yes, because people do steal. There are still people that people steal at my mom and dad's church. So, yeah, you can't trust people. Well, yeah. There are still good people, but a lot of people are like, ooh, something metal and shiny. I wonder if that cop. Like, we never did tell them. Oh, I knew that you sent an email back so they can... I thought sli- you did already! No, I never did. Oh so they God. can cl- slightly improve their clearance rates, because I'm sure their clearance rates are terrible, because every law enforcement agency's clearance rates are terrible. Yeah, and I emailed the coach telling them that I found it, but I'm pretty sure. Because we went back and we, like, went inside and searched in there. I had one of my athletes look inside, and they were like, Coach! I was like, hey, this wasn't my fault. I immediately, when I heard the... The, the athlete go coach. I was like, oh no, it's my fault. I immediately took responsibility. Me, me, me. I, 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 I did, I did, I did it. I was like, it wasn't me. <laughs> so yeah, I'm glad we found it. But oh man, that was. And then I had to basically, I tried to take a nap and I had to go practice that day. <laughs> I was very tired. <laughs> practice was pretty good though, but still very freaking tired. Oh my God, I thought I was going to die. Try to get through that workout and that lift too. Oh, that was a very, very difficult day. But you know, marriages are about ups and downs. That was definitely a down. That could have been forbidden if you would have just put it on. It could have been avoided. I did. I ever, in the slightest, do anything indicated that I knew it wasn't my fault. No, because I knew it wasn't my fault. No, I'm also saying I never tried to avoid responsibility or pretend somehow it was unavoidable or anything else. No, it was completely my fault. And I acknowledged it. And you don't want to admit that. I did. I'm just glad we found it. So, yes, that's why the the title of this podcast is what it is. Because, you know, <clears throat> clickbait. <laughs> Graham doesn't understand internet speak. Clickbait is what people are like, oh, I broke my leg. I want to watch it. And they're like, go through the whole video. And you're like. You mean you scratched your leg? That's it? That's pretty much what I know what clickbait is. I just have a very low opinion of it because I wrote headlines for a living. And headlines are the original world where clickbait would have entered into it. So thank you. I'm rolling my eyes so hard. That's It's, it's fine if they fall out of your head. You deserve it. Try to act like I don't know nothing. So yes, that is the exciting things that we have been up to. Pretty much practice oh graham's got some interesting nudes now he's got not nudes <laughs> news i do not have interesting nudes i mean if i did have nudes of me they would be extremely interesting but i do not have any nudes of me i feel like your nudes would just be you in a book 
<laughs> but the book would just be sleeveless. That's your nudes. You Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> well, I always take my I almost always take my dust jackets off anyway, so I don't damage them. So I guess Ooh, I'm reading them and, doing, and I generally read paperbacks because it's the same text regardless of what format it is in. So I ooh, it's au natural all the time. Ooh. Ooh. So yes, Graham has been doing some. Um, well, can we talk about the shop? We won't name it. Well, I'll, I'll, you don't, you don't have to say anything. I can have my opinions because I don't really care about these people. Graham has been going to a local nerd shop here in town, and uh, you know it's it's hard to get into those type of places because nerds aren't particularly friendly and i use the term nerd as in yes these people are nerds they play board games magic oh the they're they're the very sick nerds that i think only play magic the gathering and they're, they're the people who can tell you all the cards from every set that ever existed and have opinions about the stack and mana burn and things like that yeah i don't know what any of that is be glad i am so, yes, um, we went there a couple times because the nerd shop that we used to go to, there's like two or three in town, apparently, and the nerd shop that we used to go to, they just closed randomly. And this is like before the Panini, right. like a year before. So I found out later, supposedly, it was the rent went too high, but there was still no warning. And actually, one of the guys from that shop still has my Shadowrun 5th Edition book, but I can't get in touch with them because we got in touch via text messages, and that phone doesn't work anymore. Yeah. Oh, great. So, I still have digitals for most of the 5th edition books, but it's like, do I move up to 6th? Anyways, that's not what we're talking about. Go ahead. Yeah. So, yeah, we used to go there, and those people were pretty cool and chill and nice. So, when that closed, we went to another new one. It took a while because, you know, the whole pandemic thing. <clears throat> Peter Pinalini. Panini. The Panini. The Pantene Pro-V was going on so we couldn't go but now you know it's kind of opening up again and we went in there like on fridays because that's like their magic and we got there like early like five or something for you know people start rolling like, set up we play some board games trying to meet people you know trying to get people to play games but these people just like shut us out like no co- like they don't even it's like they have blinders on like they get in their little groups and clicks and i was like you guys are fucking nerds so and and i i, I do want to say that that is this not staff. The staff's pretty good about talking to you, but they're working. So it's like they can't just like sit down and camp out for a four-hour game with you because they have to sell stuff and make sure that the store remains in business. But yeah. So yeah, from my like perspective, you know, Graham's always like, you know, it's hard to get into these. And I see that now. It is very hard. Like, um, and you're white. <laughs> so I was like, It'd be pretty hard for me, but I was like, you know, I don't care if these people don't like me. I just want you to be able to get in with these people. And, you know, he goes to, like, some of the magic stuff, and I would try to go with him, but there's literally nothing for me to do there. So I brought, like, my Switch or something Mm -hmm. because, like, I don't play magic, and that's, like, their big thing. I remember trying to teach you magic once, and I had one of the more basic magic decks. And you're not stupid. You've, I mean, you know how to play Arkham Horror. You know how to play complex games, but you just checked out of that so fast. I don't blame you. Magic is hyper complex in a lot of unnecessary ways when it's a game based around people summoning dragons and goblins and lightning bolts, and it winds up being this super complicated mess unnecessarily. Yeah, I think I stopped listening after you just, what, this card does this? It's like, 
I just like zoned out. I was like, yeah, I'm never going to play this game. If anyone cares, it was a Boros Battalion deck back from one of the Ravnica blocks. See, I don't even know what that means. But anyway, so we tried that, and then you would just get super discouraged, and I'm like, oh, this isn't fun. I was like, who do I need to beat up? Who do I need to fight in here? I can take all these men. They're all weak. <laughs> but anyway, um, you were talking about signing up for... Um, are doing DNE, you're talking to like the owner or one of the owners or whatever. You kind of got in contact with him and you finally got like groups together. And I'll let you explain. Like you finally well, actually, hold on real quick. Um, I don't go <laughs> because I mean I work and they play at night. And I was like, if it was like on Saturdays or Sundays, even because that Sunday is like the one day I have like with nothing in the afternoon. Well, I would still work out and throw, but I don't have to like coach or anything. So like if uh, we're talking about doing like a shadow run on like Thursday nights, because he'll explain that whole story. Cause that's a whole thing. But uh, I would like to <laughs> like, we could start playing shadow run again. I want my robot legs back, <laughs> but yeah, I'll let Graham explain uh, his nice fun time doing D and D. Well, the simplest way to put it is um, we started out with a whole lot of players, so the GM split us up into three different campaigns, and there was some really massive attrition and, I guess, some scheduling issues, and we went from campaigns on Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday, to um, excuse me, Sunday, to only the games on, on Sunday. So that was... I've gotten excited because I normally don't get to play. I normally... I'm normally jamming all the time, which is fun, but also there's a lot more invested in it and uh, a lot more, you know, you have to plan, you have to think ahead, you have to do all that kind of stuff. Um, and it was just kind of nice to show up with my grumpy dwarf noble and, um, you know, grandfather everyone and get confused about the concept of ships and stuff like that. That was, that was fun, um, but that wound up not working. So I said, oh, what the hell, I'll, I'll just start getting games going. And I got a, a group together for Tuesday pretty quickly, which was helped by it was basically one man, um, his daughter, and his wife. And that was kind of one group of three people. And they had two players I'd had back from the old shop. So that was five people slapping together. Boop, done. The second night, the Wednesday night, took a long to get there. I, was having, I, I had one or two players that really were struggling with it, and two kind of drifted in and out, and then finally found some new people got four people together and then had a Wednesday night session and um, that poor Wednesday night session. They just have such bad luck. <laughs> like we've got this last, this last week, well, well, the week currently, but the last week from you guys listening, the shop just suddenly closed. So we had to cast around all over the place. Fortunately, one of our players works at the, at the college was able to get us a room. So we were able to play there. Although we were in one of the classrooms with the little desks, with the, the seats that included desks. I was going to ask you about that. I was like, how did that work out it, for you? Not very well. Because those desks, I don't know if you remember them because you, I, I, you may not have sat in them for years. Yeah, we have our team meetings in there. So yeah, I sit in yeah. all the time. They're really tilted, which is fine if you're taking notes because they kind of tilt up and you can write notes. It's actually kind of convenient. When you're rolling dice, woo, they're falling off the table. They're all over the place. For me, it was awful because they're small. So I had like three three of these things around me. I had books stacked on chairs. It was still, it was a nice place. It was it was great. It was just, I would have liked if we had more flat, flat table. I also was a little frustrated because 
we had to put all this work to find it. So I was kind of, I was already feeling a little low on energy and kind of uninspired. And as a GM, I was kind of like, oh, that wasn't one of my better sessions. It wasn't bad, but the um, vivacity that I try to bring to a game just wasn't there. It was, it, it felt to me very by the numbers. It already was a little bit by the numbers because it was a dwarves want you to find this old dwarf thing and orcs have it. Oh no, go get the orcs. And they fight the orcs, and oh, you got the thing. I mean, we had fun stuff happen, and cool things happened, but they're just, I, I felt like I didn't contribute enough to the energy to kind of up it from just an, uh, to something interesting. But, um, so yeah, and now, and for what, what the Tuesday, Wednesday problem is for Felicia is, on Tuesday, she has a hellishly long day. She gets up at 3 a.m., works at the, the gym, to open up for them, then comes back home, sometimes takes a nap, then asks the coach. And by the end of the day, she's she's pretty well shot. And then Wednesday, she doesn't work at either location. Her athletes have the day off, and she doesn't work at the gym. But she has to get up at 3 a.m. on Thursday, so I don't want to keep her up until 9, 10 o'clock at night on Wednesday. So I'm hoping for Thursday to get Shatterin going. Although, I have, even though I have the 6th edition book, I really haven't read it. Um, Ricky said some unkind things about it, but um, but I've got all the fifth edition stuff, so I don't know. We'll see. Uh, the advantage of all the fifth edition stuff is I've got the cyber book, which Felicia loves because what she did, Shadowrun, is a cyberpunk magic combination RPG. So it's got magicians slinging spells and elves, dwarves, and anything else. And Felicia's like, no. I don't want any of that magic nonsense. I want somebody who hacks with my brain and an assault rifle. And I want to have robot legs so I can jump off of like the fifth story of a building. As long as I land on my feet, I'm fine because the pistons take care of that stuff. I want to have a cool assault rifle that links up directly to my brain. So my brain knows all ways where the bullets are going to go because it's linked up to all the computers in the world and everything else. And at one point she had her drone that's installed her brain flew into a room and then she shot through a wall at a 90 degree angle and killed a dude. And then all this other cool stuff was happening. But, um, so yeah, that, that's, it's, uh, there's quite a bit going on. I was actually trying to find my folder. I gotta find it again. Yeah. I gotta find all my stuff. I don't even remember my character's name. Gadget. Oh yeah, Gadget. Well, her real name, too. Oh, I don't remember her real name, either. I remember J.T. Leaf. That's my D&D rogue name, but I can't find... Uh, I'll find it after well, this. since Shadowrunners are um, in the vast story of Shadowrun Kane... Well, actually, Shadowrunners, by definition, are criminals for hire. Um, and it's a cyberpunk setting, so you're existing on the edges of society, trying to make a living by doing crimes, most of which are robbery, burglary... Uh, plenty of assault and battery, often with a deadly wef- weapon, uh, a fair number of auto thefts, uh, a great deal of intellectual property violations, um, a certain amount of attempted murder, and by a certain amount, I mean a great deal of attempted murder, uh, possession of a whole lot of illegal stuff. Uh, yeah, but it's a, it's actually... It and Cyberpunk 2020, which the Cyberpunk 20, was it Cyberpunk 2077, 20, 20, the video game was based on, um, are very similar. They both come out of the tradition of Neuromancer and that era of Cyberpunk literature, um, although they go in different directions. So yeah, that's uh, Graham's 
Well, that's not his whole problem with the the GMI. He won't get into. It. I'll I'll do it, so you don't have to say anything. I won't get into the whole details, but the shop is like closed through the week, which is weird. Well, the thing was, the clock shop wasn't normally closed through the week. All of a sudden, they they closed very suddenly on a Friday night, which was a shock to me because that's I mean Friday night magic is the big magic day, so that presumably is where they make a lot of their money. I don't have access to their books, but that is where they have a lot of people come in. A lot of people make purchases, everything from pop to people are buying, you know, restricted cards for hundreds, if not thousands of dollars, you know, all that stuff's going on. And it's up and closed. And then apparently they're open this weekend. I hope so. Since I moved my Tuesday D and D group there. to. So we'll see. Okay. So, uh, yeah, you're going on Saturday. One of my kids is, Competing in a meet, so it's like the last indoor meet. It's like a last chance meet for an indoor. See if he can, you know, throw farther in the weight. So I just got one person doing one event. So I'm going to be there all day. And I was like, what are you going to do? So luckily you got something to do on Saturday because otherwise you're just going to what sit here, sleep. I don't know what I would do. It wouldn't be very productive, whatever it was. It was just like last week when I left. You're like, I got to come with you. Well, last week, Felicia was leaving on a Wednesday, and I had the realization that there was no way I could successfully stay in this house by myself because there is nothing to do here. And I was just going to wind up staying in the house the whole time, and it was going to be awful. So I went up north, which was a pretty good trip. I wound up going to the Chicago Symphony Orchestra because they had Wynton Marsalis's band or orchestra, maybe they call it an orchestra, 15 pieces, including himself, along with, it was kind of an interesting thing. They had a attorney from Alabama who is big in civil rights and does argues in front of the Supreme Court and does all this other stuff. And they had done this sort of interconnected, oppressed peoples, primarily black, with um, jazz music and interconnecting. Like they had some songs that were based on historical atrocities against black people and some songs that were based about other things that, but it was all woven between just he would speak they'd do a piece he'd speak he'd do a piece then all of a sudden he was playing the piano and i was like wait a minute so we have an attorney who is just like ah i'm gonna be a pianist with winton marsalis and as he said during the performance he's like if winton marsalis gives you the opportunity to play with this band you do it so that was so it was that was nice and then we went to the um Russian Tea Room, which is a place we've always kind of wanted to go because they're right on the street that leads to the artists of Chicago, and we pass it all the time, and we finally decided to go there, and with all of the stuff in Ukraine going on, we're like, do we go? Uh, it's Russian. But they had a big sign saying, we stand with Ukraine. I was kind of like, whew, we don't have to be worried about that now. And we went in, and we had um, borscht, and we did have latkes because we're kind of like, eh, latkes. Uh, what, what did I have? Oh, I had a Russian beef stew. That was eh, it was pretty good. It wasn't as good as Manny's beef stew, but Manny's beef stew is on a whole nother reality. Manny's beef stew is just in a, in a world unto itself. I don't know how they just take a potato and cut it in quarters and then cook it, and it's still really good, but they do it. So I guess I can talk a little bit about my chair before we get into this awesome movie. It was not an awesome movie. It was awful. I had to sit through it twice, so... No, no, you had to sit through it zero times. At no point did anyone force you to watch it. The first time, you're like, oh, I'm going to watch this movie. That's probably going to be stupid. Oh, look, this movie was stupid. And then you're like, oh, this movie was stupid. I better inflict it on Graham. And Graham's like, Felicia, this movie is stupid. And you're like, yeah, I told you. I knew this movie was stupid. And then... Uh... I watched it for the podcast. Anyway, so... Nationals was in Spokane, 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 Spokane. 
Spokane, Washington. I've never been there, and uh, I mean, I wish I could see more. I literally didn't get to do much, um, but I got there like late Thursday night, like around nine. Checked into my hotel, and I was kind of worried about it because I guess Google didn't update the hotel. I, I stayed La Quinta Inn, and it like on you know online, of course, everything looks good. Like this place looked brand new, and I was, looked at the on Google Maps. I was like, that's not what I look like. So I was like, you know what? I guess I'll just find out when I get there. And then I get in my Uber from the airport, you know, after a long day of travel. And I'm like, Ugh. and I get there. I was like, oh, oh, this place is really nice. Like, that's what I said. Uber. I was like, oh, it's actually really nice. And I was like, damn, this shit looked brand new. And I walked in. I was like, yeah, I wasn't expecting to be like this. He's like, oh, yeah, we redid it. And I guess the old hotel they got rid of and revamped it and made it into a nice La Quinta. Like, it was like brand new. Like, um, I guess uh, within a year, like during the Panini, they redid everything. So it's like a little bit over a year old now, but yeah, it was really nice. And, um, I'm assuming it was downtown Spokane, right? Spokane. Spokane, Washington. I'm assuming that hotel that used to be there used to be for, I don't necessarily say for like the unhoused, Mm -hmm. like people, it just looked like one of those hotels you see, like one of those, like for like prostitutes i guess like that it looked really run down and really bad and the part of town that it was in looks like it's being gentrified so what was funny about it is that the um is that right when you went there there was a story in possibly new york times somewhere talking about how uh now as as prices rocket for property that even places like Spokane that were like third tier are now too expensive. Yeah. So there was a lot of, uh, unhoused there, which, you know, not a problem or anything. It didn't bother me or nothing. Um, but when I checked in the hotel, you know, they keep the doors locked 24 seven. Cause he's like, yeah, we do live in downtown Spokane and Spokane. Sp- oh, you know, I'm just going to say whatever downtown Washington. Okay. What <laughs> say it like that? Oh, and it didn't click to me until I woke up the next morning and then I went to go like get my stuff like get my credentials and then go like practice and I was like oh because I saw like like when I was coming back um about to go grab some food that night I went to the drugstore to get like an energy drink for the meat that next day and there was just like a dude in a wheelchair lighting up weed I was like, oh, yeah. I was like, oh, yeah, we are in, like, it's legal here. So it's not, like, a big deal. I don't care about weed. I'm like, fuck, it's the worst things you can do. But I was like, oh, yeah. And then I'm pretty sure there was some dude selling pills. Like, there was a 7-Eleven on the corner right across the street from the hotel. And I'm pretty sure there's a lot of shady shit going on over there. Like, like I said, like, there's a whole bunch of new stuff going on. Like, right across the street, there was, like, a brand new Starbucks. So I'm pretty sure these people are getting displaced and they have nowhere else to kind of go. It's like they're getting slowly pushed out because there's new shit. And apparently Gonzaga and Washington are like right in there, like downtown. I was like, oh shit. I didn't know they were like right there. Like the Gonzaga, my favorite college to fill in for all the the basketball team. Oh yeah. The name is goofy as hell. So I'm always like, oh, Gonzaga's going all the way. Well, they're supposed to be favored to win. So you might actually be right this time. Well, I'm remembering, I don't know, at the time I was before, but my two theories is one is length. Whoever is the shorter name is going to win. That way I have to write fewer letters to get to the end. Or the other option is whoever is the goofier name is going to win. So Gonzaga always comes out on top. Oh, yeah, we got to fill out our brackets. We'll do a whole. Oh, yeah, and we'll, we'll, and we'll do Boeing's. Uh, Boeing's going to do his. Oh, yeah, his, Boeing's his. bracket. 
he's asleep right now. But anyway, so yeah, and I'm pretty sure I saw a prostitute because it was like 10 degrees, like it was cold. And this lady had a crop top on and like really ripped jeans, which nothing wrong with sex work. But I was like, girl, it's cold. Put a jacket on at least. Well, then she can't advertise the goods. That's like going to a store and they've got the uh, curtains down. You just can't do it. I, I guess. But yeah, there was a, a lot of uh, unhoused people there. And I was like, dang, man, even like in because I remember we went to Eugene. It was real bad there. Like it wasn't as bad here. Because I think it's because it was cold. I think, you know, they're trying to find places during the winter. But in Eugene, it was, like, hot. And you saw, there was just camps and tents everywhere. And I don't know what they're trying to do with them. Because they're just, I mean, they're in a public area unless they kick them all out. Which I don't think they would do. Because where else would they go? Well, that's the thing that you see happen a lot. Is people get upset that there's all these homeless people living in the area. And then they will, and then law enforcement, whoever, will come in and move them. And then it's like, congratulations, you've just moved 100 people from their semi-permanent settlement. They People just don't vanish into the ether, unless they're young black women, in which case they just disappear and nobody cares about them. But, um, I'm sorry, my social commentary. Anyways, but you know, these, these 100 people or 50 people or whatever that you've just relocated, they go somewhere else. And that's one of the big problems is that a lot of communities... Smaller communities, because of their size and typically their how they spend their resources, oftentimes can drive people out of the community. But if you're in a large place like L.A., presumably Spokane, Honolulu, you're just too large. So you wind up just pushing this population around your city and they just keep resettling in places because whatever issues made them homeless in the first place have not been resolved. So it's like, it's not like, oh, you push everybody off the street, and now all of a sudden, oh, I was living on the street just because I felt like it, but thanks to you getting rid of all of my personal possessions, I now realize I should buy a house with all this money I just happen to be wearing tucked into my one vest that I own. That is all of my outerwear. Okay, I, I think Graham's off his soapbox now. No. Anyway... So yeah, that's that's what I saw. It's just I hate going out to the West Coast because it's so freaking far and it's so expensive. Like the flights out there were ridiculous. I was trying to basically book a flight and I was like, okay, um, let's see what we got here. And like I got I won't say who I flew on because it doesn't really fucking matter. It was still like seven hundred dollars or like six hundred bucks or something like that, which I mean going out there I guess isn't too bad. And it's like the time change too. It's like three hours. About, yeah. But I looked on your dad's favorite American. He's like, yeah, I'll fly America's, you know, he's uh, super tied in with the American. I mean, he only worked with him for his entire I know. public. But it was like almost a grand to just fly out there. I was like, no fucking way. No way. Even Southwest was more expensive. It was ridiculous. And I'm like, why can't we have it in a central location? Like, USATF is based in Indiana. Like, I know I'm slightly biased, but at least it's, like, in the middle. It'd be easier to, for people to come into the middle of the states. Or, yeah, in the states instead of flying all the way out there. Like, granted, the place was really nice. It was new. But I'm like, why can't we just build something or use a whole bunch of the facilities they had here? Like, there's a lot of nice places, I guess, that they built it to try and get 
people to come there. But I was like, it's so freaking expensive and it's so annoying. You have to always fly out to the West Coast for things. I'm like, they have to get tired of it too because they got to ship all that shit out there all the time. <sighs> it's just annoying. But yeah, that was my <sighs> my time out there. I mean, like I said, the place was really nice. Um, I'm pretty sure they're going to have a lot more stuff there indoor. Well, they're going to have to to justify the cost. Yeah, the the place. I just hate, like, I don't want to talk too much on it because I do want to get into this movie. We got, like, a few minutes left. Um, but, That's okay. You can talk as much as you want because then we don't have to talk about this stupid movie. But, yeah, just, like, whenever we have to do, like, um, an events, like, for throwing, I'll just say throwing, like, there's no warm-up area for us. Like, at the Olympics, there's a warm-up area and a whole-ass warm-up track. We can throw, warm-up there, and then you can actually get into the circle. So you can take all the warm-up throws, and then you can get your, like, last few of fill the circle. I like that. Whenever we do something, like, here, like, in Eugene, there is no warm-up area. Like, this is, like, my, my gripe. I don't understand. They're, like, um, well, there's a track out there. I was like, I need to throw before... I get into that circle. Like, runners can just run on the little tracks that they have. Like, there's no warm-up place, like, for throwing. Like, pole vaulters, they have to warm up in the pit. So they give them, like, 30 minutes or whatever to do their jumps and all that shit. Understandable. But for us, there is no, like, other circle to throw in. Like, indoor, there was no other circle for me to practice with my heavy 16 because stupid rules and they're... radius and the circumference have to match the 4k which is stupid and ridiculous they need to change those and i get on my soapbox this is relevant well i guess that was too (laughs) but yes that is just so annoying (laughs) because i was like oh i could probably warm up in that little circle because i thought we were throwing off on the little concrete ring i was like oh this is nice it's like perfect it's like nice grip i liked it but we were throwing in the infield and another problem, this last one, we were throwing in the infield right, it was a bank track, so they had the straightaway was like the 60. There was pole vault on one side, high jump in the back of us, and then long jump on the other side. So we were boxed in. We could not do like any warm up. We were like so close. They had like a little row of chairs for us on the side and that was it. I was like, who planned this? This is a horrible, I'd rather have been in the corner. That would have been better than to be out here i wouldn't have mind that like yeah so people can see us and whatnot but i would rather and there was only like bleachers on one side so that was kind of weird to me is uh at indoor for the other meets there was like bleachers on both sides i believe it uh new mexico but anyway yeah that's that's my gripe so let's go ahead and get started talking about this lovely movie that we both enjoy <laughs> <laughs> the movie Felicia inflicted upon us is Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2022. So this is the sequel to the new Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Apparently they don't use the word the, and that's the way you're supposed to tell them apart. Uh, director David Blue Garcia, written by Chris Thomas Devlin, Fede Alvarez, and Roto Sayugas, starring Sarah Yarkin, Elsie Fisher, Mark Burnham. And it was just... Uh, well, here we go. Here's the here's the storyline as posted on IMDb. After nearly 50 years of hiding, Leatherface returns to terrorize a group of idealist young friends who accidentally disrupt his carefully shielded world in a remote Texas town, which is actually kind of like accurate 
Whereas the posting on the description on Netflix, because Netflix bought it because the studio realized he couldn't make any money on it after people, I guess, the test screens are terrible because it's not a very good movie. So we're talking about influencers and was trying to do like the ugh influencers thing, but there's really nothing about influencers in it. Um, and anyway, so yeah, it, it, rated R. Um, I'm going to spoil my own review. My review is do not see this movie. Okay, do you want me to give my review? <laughs> yeah, go ahead. Okay. <clears throat> or not my review, my summary. Is that a yes? <laughs> go ahead. Oh my God. It literally, remember I summarized it in under like two minutes? All right, I'm going to try it again. Okay. Movie starts out, you have four characters. Names don't matter because this movie sucks and it doesn't matter. Four main characters come to this Texas town because they bought it for gentrification. They're going to remodel it. These, these, these people are basically influencers and they want to gentrify the town, like I said, and they're like chefs in this way. One girl is a school sh- shooter survivor, the younger sister, and then you have the girlfriend and the older sister is there and then the black guy. <laughs> That's how I justify the black guy. So <laughs> don't make me laugh. <laughs> So, yes, they come into town. Of course, they stop at a gas station, and the movie opens up basically like, oh, this Texas Chainsaw, this is basically a direct sequel. Remember the first one? That's what we're doing. And the girl from the first one, the original Texas, the Texas Chainsaw Massacre is in this. Well, she's died, but her character is in there. The actress died is what she means. Yeah, the actress died. So they get to the town, and they're like, oh, there's a Confederate flag. The investors won't like this. And we were like, shouldn't they have looked at the town beforehand? And we're like, yes. So they try to basically, they go into this lady's house, and then she's like, I own this house. And they're like, bitch, no, you don't. And he's like, mm-hmm, you don't own this house. Take that fucking flag down. And she has, like, an episode, and Leatherface is there, basically. Without his mask, you don't see his face yet. And she has an episode. The police come, and they take her away. She dies in the car. The girlfriend goes, well, okay, let me back up just a little bit. The uh, woman's in the car and she's like, the girlfriend's like, I'll go with them because I'm pointless and I have no lines. And the other three stay back to kind of justify and get like the stuff together with, because the bus comes in as soon as they are pulling out. They get in a car crash um, because they killed Leatherface, the mom or whatever he is to her. She dies, breaks the guy's hand stabs him with his own hand causes them to crash a blackout and then we go back to the main characters uh well i'll say main characters and um they talk to the investors they find out the woman actually did own the house and they're like we killed the lady because they find out that she died because the girlfriend sends a text message to the to them which was the stupidest plot point because apparently they're trying to make leatherface feel Well, she had the deed, it comes to find out, because they're like, we did this to her, it's our fault, and he goes, no, it's not, whatever, because they didn't have the deed, I was like, and we were just like, shouldn't they have done this and had all this shit prepared beforehand? And the other thing to make the whole thing work is these people who are investing, like, their entire lives into basically remaking this small, abandoned Texas town into, like, a new, artsy, non-racist community 
do not bother to show up into the town until half an hour before the investors are going to arrive. I'm like, what are you talking about? This is supposed to like the thing for these people. They've worked for years. They've worked together. There's a scene between the boyfriend and the girlfriend where they're like, oh, we've worked so hard. It's like they haven't even seen it. Okay, so back to my fall point. So the useless girl character basically gets killed and she was pointless. Like she, I made me so mad because I was like, they killed her right away. And then um, Leatherface sets up his little mom's like grave because he's crying, peels off her face, gets his leather face mask. Come back into town. Um, he's like, you know, upset because, you know, his mom or whatever, I guess, to him dies. And he's like, goes, starts going on a killing spree, pretty much. He, the girl's stuck in the house with him after she sees him kill the black guy. And I was like, these people were pointless. <laughs> he comes back later to basically just walk out and die. And that sets up like the bus scene. If you haven't seen the trailer, you basically seen the whole movie. The girl gets stuck in the house. Um, cause after that, there's a gun toting guy who's really not super important. Um, Earlier, there's like a scene where he's teaching the girl who's a school survivor, school survivor that, you know, uh, how to use a gun. He's kind of like, oh, sorry, girl, like you survived a school shooting. And they tried so hard to make him look like this, this bum idiot from Backwoods, Texas. And he just comes off as like this guy working, like a guy in rural Texas doing a job, cleaning up the town for him. And they, they really try to make him look bad, but it's just like. It's just a guy doing a job and these people come in and are rude to him and they're making fun of him having a gun. And it was just like, and like, you're in Texas. It was so dumb. Yeah. So we met him earlier cause he was like rolling coal and all that stuff. But his character is kind of pointless too, because he dies right away after he takes the bus keys because plot points, <laughs> they have to take the bus keys and strand these people there for a while. And he finds the black guy's body. He's like, what are you doing? And his face gets like sliced by like a, from Leatherface with like a knife or whatever. And he's like the first one they see die. And, um, the, one of the women on the bus is like, we got to stay on the bus. It doesn't explain why. And then the guy goes in the house with his gun and he's like with the girls under the bed at this point and he gets killed. His leg gets busted. I will say the gore in this movie is good. Well, I mean, that's the only thing they had going for it is they had. Yeah, that was basically it. Cause there is basically his leg makes a complete dog leg. <laughs> like he slammed the shit out of that with that. Uh, sludge. And, and again, you were supposed to be, this is supposed to be a very unsympathetic character. I'm like, and this guy gets his leg completely mangled, really good effect of having his leg bent backwards. And he's still taking on Leatherface, who as Felicia pointed out at this point is like 70 years old because this is the original the first movie the original first movie and this movie are the only coherent in this timeline universe so yes he gets his ass beat gets his head smashed in she takes the keys tries to escape Leatherface finds her smashes her with a sledgehammer she falls through the floor tries to get out he takes the chainsaw which you said chainsaw would not go through those beams I mean it would go through the beams but it just passes through them like it's going through butter but, uh, yeah, the chainsaw that has been hidden in the wall for the last 50 years starts up as soon as he pulls it. Yeah, so. And then her sister comes out, and they start running. None of them explain what the hell is happening. They get to the bus, and she's like, close the door, close the door. They just run the back, because all the, all the influencers are having a party. And then 
she gets the keys. He's like, start the bus, start the bus. The bus driver tries to start it. Leatherface is there, jacks up the bus. The bus driver goes out. His ass was worthless. Gets his head decapitated, thrown on the bus, and he comes on. And then it gets that infamous scene. He's like, try anything, you're canceled, bro. And then he just goes on like, and he just starts killing these people. I'm like, why didn't y'all say something? Y'all probably could have took, this man is 70 years old. Y'all could have took this man out. I don't care if he's like super strong. There's like 30 of them. Uh, maybe. What would you say? Like at least 25 people? According 20, to the trivia people. page, it was 16 people. But Whatever. Whatever. Yeah, I don't care. 16 people in their early to mid-20s can't take on a 70-year-old man? But anyway, that's where he basically starts killing everybody and then... I didn't mention the lady from the original movie. Her the original actress is dead, but they brought her back. They brought the, they brought, the original actress is dead. They replaced, but they brought her, her character Olin back. Fourier playing Sally Hardesty it was a completely irrelevant character. Yeah, you could have just left her out, and it would she not have changed. Supposedly had joined the Texas Rangers, and for fifty years had been trying to find this guy, and then comes back for just a completely unnecessary presence. Clearly, they saw the Nightmare on Elm Street one where whatever the survivor girl and that the sister turns from being a, you know, a victim to like a hardened survivor who knows Michael Myers is going to come back. She's got like a, that was Halloween. Whatever. You're getting your you uh, think I, guys mixed you up. Think that's I care. I care. Freddy Cougar is nightmare on Elm street. Anyways. Or wait, Friday the 13th is what's Jason. No, yeah, Jason is Nightmare... No, Friday the 13th. So, uh, generic, flash, Fre- generic <laughs> no, no, slasher no. guy. Yeah, Nightmare on Elm Street is uh, Freddy Krueger. Halloween is Michael Myers. Anyway, so yes. <laughs> um, so, she basically comes out um, after they escape the car, and she's like, I've been waiting, like... 40 years or something for this she locks them in her range of car they're like no let's freaking go and she's like i've been waiting for this she goes back in his house and is like do you remember me he's just sitting down like oh i just got tired of killing people and he looks at her and he hears them screaming he's like well i guess i gotta go finish these bitches off and just totally ignores her i'm like damn she comes out and basically she just gets killed i was like they brought her back for that she gets a chainsaw basically like in the motherface of the video game just like in Mortal Kombat, that's what she gets. And she comes back after they drive because they're stupid and they drive his, her fucking car, try to run him over. He just throws his chainsaw like, Wah! <laughs> and she gets him, the older sister gets impaled. So the younger sister has to like, she's like, just leave, just leave. She's running and she gets the gun. Like her character, these, ugh, they're all useless. And stupid. Like, they could have just drove away. But anyway, the woman comes back to life after getting her, her whole, like, ass, like, midsection just chainsawed. And she gets, like, one shot popped off on him. Which she just, which in the classic movie mood, he gets hit with a 12-gauge shotgun blast. He got hit, like, two or three times. And just, just keeps walking because he's superhuman, superhuman 70-year-old man who's been living in an abandoned town in an orphanage. Yeah, so, and then it comes to, like, the dramatic conclusion. I think the sister gets out somehow, but basically, I I skipped through this part when I was first watching. I was like, oh, God. I think I skipped through it when we were watching. I was like, because they're basically, she's trying to find them. I was like, oh, okay, here's where they pop out. She's just, like, he's setting up a little trap for her, and then 
she gets pulled underground in the water with him. She comes out, and of course he comes back. And the the, the sister, who I don't know how she got out, because <laughs> she, she was definitely impaled, uh, is on him at this point, like trying to take him down. And she gets like thrown. And of course they have that classic one liner. Is like I don't even know what she said. It's so unforgettable. It's just like she pops him in like the shoulder. Oh no, she takes the chainsaw and like slices him up, like in the face. You don't really see too much. He falls back. And then the movie is like the next morning, it's like bright. And they're like, oh, we finally, we're good. So they're going in there, not Tesla, which is basically a Tesla. <laughs> and they're driving off slowly on autopilot. And this pissed me off so much. Leatherface breaks the glass, pulls the sister out, cuts her head off. And then the girl is just screaming like, no! And he's just holding her head up and then he does like the dance. And that's the end of the movie. And then there's a little... Stinger at the end, at the, there's an end credit scene of him walking back to the original house. And I was like, I don't, they probably will make another one because it was probably so cheap. This is basically a set. They didn't really go oh, anywhere. Yeah, the, this movie was probably really cheap. How much did it cost? Town was, was, it was awful. It was, um, so your budget 20 million. Um, it that was, seems like a lot. It was filmed in Bulgaria. So yeah, the wild west town, well known in Sofia, Bulgaria. But yeah, it looked, I mean, I get movies are off to film on sets and the requirements of a film is that, is, you know, you have to do stuff like take out a wall so you can put a camera crew in and all that kind of stuff. But you should not look so blatantly like a one row set, one road set. It was, it did not look good at all. So yeah, that was this movie and it's gotten panned like it could have been good. It's just like, I didn't care anything about these characters and they especially the girlfriend the girlfriend got like 10 15 minutes of scream time with like maybe four or five lines and just died i was like she was pointless he didn't need her besides like the body count but we had the bus so what was the point the gore was good i enjoyed when that guy got his hand broken he saw the stuff like that was good mm-hmm. i enjoyed that but other than that i was just like i'm kind of rooting for leatherface on this one because these people are stupid and deserve to die you see a man with the leather but this is well known that this man still exists somewhere in this town and you're just like oh you try anything you're canceled bro with the chainsaw and then he just sees it and kills starts killing people I was like i'm not sticking around first of all i'm not going to be there so i'm safe well that's the that's the art of your but oh my god it was just like these characters are so and then at the end i was like okay you know i'm i was happy that they both made it out and then i see that he just pulls her out of the car, like yanks her. I was like, how did that happen? Why was the car going so slow? Ah, <laughs> oh, this movie. I didn't really care about any of these characters. It was just like that whole subplot of her, the girl being a school shooting survivor. It was like, what does that mean? Is the girl solve her problem with guns? I mean, I guess it's like she overcame her fear of guns. It was, it was, a. it could have been an interesting character thing but but the thing is to handle a school shooting survivor as a character re- would require some delicacy um this movie does not have any delicacy to it and the thing was this was a movie where they try where i mean horror movies are improved when you care about your eventual victims but everybody in this movie was just so paper thin you didn't care about them like i don't I'm having to re- re- continually refer to the list of cast here because I don't remember anyone's name uh, besides Leatherface. And yeah, it was 
it was dumb. It was bad. I imagine maybe watch it. It was, yeah. Well, I know something that'll make you happy. Graham I-D-K! That is the opposite of making me happy. I remember we were talking earlier and I was like, oh, I'll save it for the podcast. You ready for your phrase this week? Making it clap? Yes, make it clap. Come on. I know it's something that you do in club and it's clubs and it's sexy. So I'm going to assume it's shaking your butt so much your butt cheeks clap. Hey! Oh, wow. <laughs> After what you say, you like, you put one hand on your butt and then you clap. <laughs> yeah, that's, that was my first guess. What it I was is. like, context clues, Graham. Context clues. Well, what it is is... is you make it, it clap, so it clearly you're not. I don't want to clap too hard. It will blow out the mic. No, that's what you're supposed to do with your butt cheeks. But you're that, like, the other you one put was one hand on one butt cheek. Yeah, you as you, as you're, in the, you're dancing. And you're like, oh, yeah, it's so fun. He's doing it actually on his butt. Yeah, she clapped with one hand. This is an audio medium. And that's how you make it clap. But yes, let me let me uh, give you the full full text. It says to make one's ass cheeks clap together. <laughs> Damn girl, you got a fatty. Make it clap. <laughs> you got to love Urban Dictionary. You're so stupid. But yes, you actually got it right. <laughs> make it clap. Now you got to use that in uh, phrasing. This week. Hey girl, make it clap. That just sounds so weird. You sound so white. Want to try it again? Go ahead. Hello, girl. Would you make it clap? You have you ever seen Men in Black? You seen the first one where he's like, "I want for water." That's what you look like. I want for water. That's what you. That little alien. Is like, oh. That's what you look like right now. But yes, this hello, is our girl. Would you stop make that? It clap. Now you sound like one of those robotic calls. Anyway, hello, girl. Is, make it clap. Making it clap, making it clap, 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 clap. You've got the clap. Oh, that's a different thing. You're about to cut all that. Are you done? Oh, my God. Yes, that's the end of the podcast. We are happy to finally be back and recording. Hopefully, we'll be back next week. We should be because I actually have a weekend off, and I'm going to do some projects that we've been holding off on building projects because I also got a circular saw. Woo! I'm excited. So, yes, if you want to send us, please, we want to do an episode on questions. I'm going to post it on my Instagram, which is Fifi underscore J247. Also on Twitter, Fifi underscore J247. We want to answer some questions for our podcast because we want we want to answer your questions. What do you have to ask us? So send them to damnyourtallpod at gmail.com. Once again, damnyourtallpod at gmail.com. I have been one of your hosts, Felicia. I didn't get to say this. <laughs> Felicia, a.k.a. Fifi J, along with Graham. So it reads a lot. I still have to come up with anything else. Right. So yes, that is the end of this episode. Season three, bitches, we back. Okay, we'll catch you on the next one. Bye. Bye.